welcome everyone to another exciting of healing for the soul podcast and it's season four episode number seven i am your host robin stoltman with healing for the soul podcast today i have my guest brendan wall with dad with dad the man podcast on the show talking about what it takes to be a great dad and before i get started remember every week i feature different guests to help you become the best version of yourself through various methods you may not have heard of or thought of. So let's get started. Thank you, Brendan, for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Robin. I'm super excited, super uh, grateful for the opportunity to uh, chat with you today. And and yeah, just looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. I want to know, because obviously I'm a woman. I only have the mom side of everything. And obviously we know that there's huge differences between how moms handle children and between like how dads handle children. So what was your first realization that you are a father? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. So to take this all the way back, I'll, I'm a little long winded, so I apologize in advance. I'll take it back to the origin story. So going into um, finding out that I was going to be a dad. So in that moment, so before that, if you rewind from there, my wife and I, we met in school and college. We got married right out of school. We moved to Nashville. I was just starting my career. And I had the the just, you know, huge advantage of being raised by parents who taught me the values of hard work. Like they really intentionally poured everything they had into me and didn't just kind of let me wander in life. So I had I kind of went into my first job. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And I wanted to kind of follow my parents' model of I'm going to work super, super hard right off the bat. And before we have kids and try to get my legs under me. And like I had this whole idea in my head, right? Like this was my plan. And I remember speaking with my wife and I said, um, if we can, if we can wait five years before we have kids, I feel like that'll give me a good chance to really run and gun and get after it. And then, then we'll kind of stop and reassess. And I don't remember how long it was after that conversation, but it was not long. So like less than a month. So we go, we basically find that, like I come home from work one day, you know, week, two weeks later, and there's, you know, there's a little onesie and a pair of shoes and a positive pregnancy test on the table. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well, foot and mouth. I literally just agreed to let's wait five years. And, you know, we were five months into being married and found out I was going to be a dad. Um, and in that moment, you know, it's crazy when you get just hit from the side, you're like, oh my gosh, my plan is no longer like, we're going to have to change plans. Um, but if you've ever known somebody maybe who hasn't been able to get pregnant or, you know, you just, you hear so many stories about people who struggle in that regard. And I just remember feeling like, obviously I was scared and I was overwhelmed and like, there was all the panic, like, don't get me wrong. I'm so glad there's not a picture of my face when I found out, but when it started to settle, I was just so grateful. You know, it's just like, this is, this is the, like, this is a miracle. This is a great thing. Um, and obviously, like I said, super scared. I, I ditched the plan. I had that great plan. I always say I had my plan. God had his, his one, no doubt. And I'm super thankful that it did. Um, that was, you know, now five years ago, my, my oldest son just turned five in October. So, so that's, that's pretty much how, how we started. And we've added one more little boy to the family since then. And we're actually working to adopt a, a third child right now. Um, but that's where that's, that's very up in the air. So. Um, so yeah, I told you I'm a little long winded, but that's pretty much how I found out that I was going to be a dad. That's awesome. Cause I know like we all have our different experiences and yeah, I, I was one that dealt with the infertility. I had it for five and a half years and it's, 
it's extremely painful. I would not wish it on anybody, but thankfully the doctors were wrong and I found hypnosis works to become pregnant. So that was very helpful in, in my case with that because, yeah, children, they are definitely a blessing. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. God has his plans and we have ours. And it's like, <laughs> God just, I swear some days he's just sitting there up there laughing at me like, <laughs> you want this and you want this and you want this? Well, here, I'm just going to shoot some dice at you and let's see what we get. <laughs> and I was like, so I basically like, I'm just, I'm just like, you know what? God, you have this. And so that's where I'm at at my point in my life. I'm like, you know what? I threw like a lot of the plans I had for business. I threw a lot of these different things out the door. Of course, my business came after having the kids, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm just like, I'm just throwing them all out the door. It it doesn't matter because I tried to plan, you know, my plan. And it's like, his always turns out better. Like every time. So in your process of learning about, and when you found out you were a dad, and you had to throw your plans out, all, throw your plans all out the window. I'm sure that this plan has turned out to be a lot better for you, especially because now you got your podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm so thankful that my plan did not win. Let's put it that way. I sit here and yes, like I said, so just blessed and fortunate to have my two boys and you know my wife and I talk about them all the time, and it, they're just the biggest blessings in our lives. You know, they're like our little best friends and. Uh, we're, we're really trying to cherish that while they're young. You know, I, I know that um, we're going to blink and they're all of a sudden not going to want to hang out with us. So that's something we yes. try to remind ourselves of constantly, you know, and those the little moments where it's like, dad, 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 look at this, dad, look at this, dad, look at this, dad, can you help me with this? I mean, you know, it's just like nonstop, right? I try to just keep yes. reminding myself, like, this is going to stop. If, you know, if I wish for this to stop, I'm going to get what I asked for. And then I'm going to be kicking myself like, man, I wish I'd just been present, you know, back in that time when they did look up to me like I was a superhero. You are 100% right. I have ran into too many parents that are older that are telling me, well, you're going to you're going to miss the poopy stages. And I'm like, I'm not going to miss that stage. I don't like that stage, (laughs) but I will miss like the toddler years and that I've, I've got all toddlers and one preschooler right now. But Still, it's like I, I do that as well as it's like trying to remember they're not this little forever. They will start mm-hmm. to turn away. So when you learn um, or how did you learn with this short period of time, you know, raising kids, you have one that's five. Mm-hmm. How did you learn or when did you find out that it's up to you to be yourself? So the way you could be the father that your kids need. Well, that's a, that is a long and ongoing journey of trying to figure that out. But I would say it all started, um, we were, my son, my oldest was probably, I guess he was about three at the time. My youngest had been born. He was somewhere between, you know, six months and a year. And I was working a lot. I had a job that demanded a lot. Um, Seasonally, it was very busy, you know, just like 80, 80, 90 hours a week working a lot of Saturdays and Sundays, traveling a lot for weeks at a time. And I also, on top of that, I also like, like I said, I had the huge blessing of being raised by very present parents. I also wanted to, I wanted to be that. I also, you know, but I really wanted to to push for my career and I hadn't quite let go of, you know, something's got to give. And that one thing that really kind of gave was like taking care of myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
long story short, I, I spiraled myself out a little bit. I, it was like seasonal burnout for a couple of years in my career. And, and at this point in time, it kind of just came to a head. And, and I really I slipped into some depression and really struggled. Um, and that was not something I, that I'd ever felt before. I'd felt burnout plenty of times. Um, I, I tend to be a little bit binary by nature. So if I'm on to something, I'm going with it. And then I struggle to stop. So I'd felt burnout, but this was the first time where like I'd be walking around the house and just like melt down tears, right? <clears throat> just losing mm-hmm. it. Didn't want to get out of bed. I'm someone who's very like disciplined and routine oriented, just couldn't have cared less about that at that point in time. And um, my wife and uh, through a lot of prayer and everything, kind of we, we pulled ourselves out of that. We moved our family to a different city, just kind of said fresh start. Now we're here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. My wife grew up here. I took a new job and the, it was the idea was it's going to be a fresh start, right? And I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to redesign my life with a little bit more balance, a little bit more family intention and, and really be in a spot to build back a little bit you know, more, more strongly and on a, on a stronger base. Long story short there was I did the same thing again. I just pushed and pushed and pushed and burned out. And um, it was it wasn't until COVID happened and quarantine hit and I realized, you know, when, when you're forced to sit at home and you're forced to sit still and you really have to think like you don't you lose your outlet for the stress that you've been utilizing. I realized I'd just been using work as like an outlet for the stress of the responsibility of trying to provide for my family, trying to be a great dad, trying to be a great husband, trying to do all these things. But when you're forced to really sit still and think about it and you don't have that outlet anymore, you know, I, I would say I feel like God pinned me down and forced me to look at my life and look at the life that I was missing. Like I was missing breakfast most mornings with my kids. I was missing dinners with my kids and then everything in between. And then when I was getting time with them, I was distracted with work emails and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what I realized the, the big lesson for me was like I was trying I was doing all this stuff. I was really pushing, working hard. And I kept saying, I'm doing this for my family. But I realized that that was kind of a big load of BS, to be completely honest. Like, I realized that what I said I was doing for my family was really just coming at their expense. And I'm not here to demonize hard work. Like, I still believe in that 100%. But I was so, um, my defaults were just so upside down. Like, if you take my priority, my faith, my marriage, my kids, and then, it, you know, everything else is after that, my time allocation was the opposite of that. So my, you know, like everything else was getting the most time and the things that were the most important were just getting the scraps. And I realized in that, um, I realized in that time that if I don't step up to the plate and I don't make a change, nothing is going to change. You know, like I have to be the one to step up and make something happen. I have to be a better husband. I have to be a better father and I have to do those things first. And the biggest part of doing that for me was really taking care of myself first, getting a little, becoming more disciplined and not letting, you know, work continue to be this outlet for stress that I felt, right? Like don't run away from the problems, Mm -hmm. don't run away from hard conversations or, you know, difficult parenting conversations or anything, whatever it may be. I found for me, work was just kind of accidentally became an escape in a lot of ways. Now I was pushing, I was doing well, but at the end of the day, I was, um, I was letting what I said I was doing for my family come at their expense. And in all of that, I, again, I told, I warned you I'm long winded, but in all of that was where I just realized I have to step up as a man, husband and father for my family and lead them in that revelation as well. Also led to 
me starting my podcast. And that's kind of the the premise and the backstory of Dad the Man. So I'm basically with that show trying to stop the guy who does not have the revelation that I had, you know, when his kids are 16, 17, 18, going off on their own, getting ready. They're too cool for mom and dad. They're heading out and he's sitting there kicking himself like I missed it. I missed the point because I was distracted by something that was less important than the most important things or the guy who's, you know, who's grown apart from his wife and they're, you know, in a tough spot and they're way on down the line. Like I'm trying to stop that guy now. Um, so that's, that's really, again, long winded answer, but that's, that's pretty much what inspired me to step up and really try to figure this thing out. And I'll say, I mean, I have not figured it out. I'm a long way from it, but I think that's, that's the, um, the, the goal really is just to keep pursuing it rather than to ever feel like we've got it all figured out anyway. So, well, yeah, and that's like when uh, I, I would agree with you because there's some people that have questioned I shouldn't put expert after my title. Like, I should not put intuitive mindset expert. And I'm like, well, why? I'm like, to me, an expert means that we never stop learning, we always mm-hmm. keep growing, we keep helping yep. other people. To me, that's what an expert is. Like, we do yep. everything on ourselves and then we show other people how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my take on it. So I'm glad that you're doing this because you are right. There's so many dads out there that need this. My husband's probably, I'm, I'm going to say he probably is. I know he is. <laughs> He's one that, that needs that too, because it's like, you know, I've learned like what you, like what you learned is through the pandemic was that you have to take care of yourself first. And that's what I keep telling people after I learned that, because women, we are specifically raised to take care of the children to take and put our needs last, put everyone else's first, including our husbands. And in my situation, the roles are reversed. But it's like, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know what? I got to take care of me first. Because it's, you do realize that it's like, when you're sick, you don't got anybody to go take care of your kids. You got to take care of them. <laughs> right. I mean, sure, you can go. And to it's the hard doctor, to do, though. Doctor, you can't leave them there. I mean, like you right. can't even there and be like sick and everything else <laughs> that happens. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be the one to show them. And then like, you know, it's it's just amazing. Like all the different things when it comes to like the parenting aspect that so many people they either forget or they don't talk about it. Like on your show, like I, I told you, I really appreciate the Instagram versus the reality one. We talked Thanks, about yeah. when your son just took and pooped, and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it." Nobody tells you that that penis obsession starts when you're little. Nobody right. tells you that. Yep. And nobody sit there and tells you, you know, like your kids will just all of a sudden want to take off their clothes. My kids are playing tornado in the house all of a sudden. And it's like <laughs> we don't need you to pretend like you're like you're playing tornado. We already <laughs> have a tornado without you pretending like it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's crazy because like just on the Instagram thing, I mean, we all look on Instagram and we're like, I'm guilty of this, too. Like if you looked at my feed, you might even think like, oh, man, look at their cute little family. They've got it all going on. But like that's just not even close to the truth. And like like you alluded to like in that episode, I'm telling a story about how I'm seeing toddlers basically reading novels and mine's just literally pulling his pants out and pooping on the floor. Like that's just but that's okay because to me, it's like. I think Instagram has like just put this unfortunate point of relativity of like, Hey, this is what we need it to look like. This is what we like. We want to be able to present this as well, but it's false. Like it's just not, it's not real. And it makes us think that like the idea is that we want to be, have bliss and be comfortable. And like, we want to, but 
you don't want that either because that's boring. Like th there's no oh. excitement. There's no contrast. There's no ups and downs. There's no sweet and salt. There's no, there's none of that in that. So I always say like, it's the little Monday moments of our lives with our kids. When my kid's pooping on the floor, when they're pulling the Christmas tree down, like those are the things, those are the moments that you're going to remember. They're crazy. They're yes. stressful in the moment, but, but like, those are the good old days. And if you are blessed enough to be in a position where you can, literally be living through the good old days. And I put that in air quotes because yes. it's crazy in the moment, but at the end of the day, that's what you're going to look back on and reflect on. And I, I try to remind myself something that's really helped me with, with that, but just staying, uh, or I guess not getting caught up, swept up in that too much as I like to, this is going to sound crazy, but I like to basically imagine myself on my deathbed. And looking back and just being like to the gut, what do I, what am I glad I did? What am I, what do I regret that I did? Like, how do I want to have handled these situations? And I always think when I'm in that position, like, you know, you're, you're going to care about how you showed up in those moments. Like, you're not going to want to look back and say, oh, I was just trying to rush through bedtime. Like when my, you know, my five-year-old, he's always asking, can we read another book? Can we read another book? Can we read another book? And in the moment, sometimes I'm like, buddy. I got to go sit down. I'm exhausted. Like I'm tired. I'm, I'm ready to go have a glass of wine with mom, but I have to like go there in my mind to really calibrate in the moment to say, you know, these are the moments we're going to remember. So I'm going to buckle down and yeah, like, of course I'll read you another book, but again, not always easy, easier said than done. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking that I'm about the third book and I'm like, I can't talk anymore. I talk for a living. <laughs> I'm just like, when I go home, I don't even want to talk anymore. Cause like I said, that's all I do. Um, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because you are not crazy for that. Imagining like you're, you're on your deathbed because that's actually something I've been focusing with people on a lot because that's how I found out that I was doing stuff that other people wanted me to do. And I literally asked myself that question. I'm like, I'm on my deathbed. What's my deathbed regret? Because we all have them. We all know what they already are before mm -hmm. we get there. We don't even have to be there. And so mine was listening to everybody else and what they wanted for me. Mm -hmm. So now that's been my mission of I'm not going to let what other people want for me become that's what I do. So I'm glad that you said that because that is true. You use, the, you use that deathbed scenery mm -hmm. to say, hey, what can I do? What can I do differently? Because you are going to miss those moments. Yep. And if I'll say, if you do that and you like sit with that for a minute and you think about it, like any, any little like emotion that comes up that feels like dissonance or anything that comes up and you feel like a little bit of shame or regret, like be prepared for that. Cause like, that's a good thing. Like you want to figure that out now. Like you, I, when I try to do that, I hope that that comes up because that means I can fix the problem now. Like ignorance yes. isn't bliss. Ig ignorance is not bliss in this. Ignorance no. is living a life that you're going to regret one day. So I said, you know, it's a tough exercise to do it, but I encourage everybody to give it a shot. Well, yeah, I do too, because it's, it's the most powerful thing you can do because I know too many people. That's why I've always asked people, I'm like, you think your deathbed regret is going to be that you work, that you wish you would have worked more. No, your deathbed regret is going to be that you would have been with your family more. You wish you would have what you would have, paid more attention to your kids when they were growing up. You wish you would have done more with your kids. Mm -hmm. You don't sit here and wish you would have worked more. Yeah. You wish you had more money because that, and you know, money helps all of us. But I mean, like, I'm just saying the family is what matters. 
A hundred percent. And, you know, you see this a lot. People always say like, I don't have time for it. Right. Like there's just too yes. much going on. I think we could all re- like as parents, like, Hey man, we could all use a little bit more time. Well, yes. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot. And mm-hmm. the reality is we're never going to get more time. Like no, there's 24 hours in a day. So we might as well stop asking for it. It's a waste of time. It's at this point, I boil it down. I'm like, I, I'm telling my kids every day they can't complain. And I'm sitting here complaining, saying, I wish I had more time. So, like, not going to do it. Got to set a better example. But what I've realized that what's helped me a lot is not not trying to get more time, but just trying to be better with the time that I've got. So it's like, if I'm at work, like, I'm going to work my tail off. And I'm going to try to outwork every other person here. And not like to bring anybody else down or anything, but I'm going to be the most efficient I can there. When I come home, I'm going to try to put my phone somewhere where I can't reach it. And that's a tough one. That's a tough one, but I'm going to put it somewhere where I don't, it's not in my pocket. And if I get, if I only get 30 minutes that day with my kids, they're going to get 30, they're going to get 30 minutes with me focusing on them. You know what I mean? And then the same thing with, with my wife as well. Like for us, it's usually, we get the kids down around seven and then, then we've got a little bit of time after that. And if we're going to sit there and, you know, we're going to, maybe we're going to watch television. Maybe we're going to just have a conversation or eat dinner. Like I'm going to focus on that. But if we do that, like rather than wanting more time, we just have to be better stewards of the time that we have. And if you think you're killing it in this regard, I just did this the other day and completely like super embarrassed, looked at my screen time on my phone as I'm saying, man, I wish I had more time, like four plus hours of screen time, like half of it's social media, oh, wow. stuff like that. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm asking for more time. Well, there's four hours. Like how much of that is necessary yes. for, for what I'm doing? Maybe one hour is necessary. Maybe. But that's three more hours back in my day. So I encourage everybody to give that a shot too. That is huge. I've heard people say, well, use a timer and this and that. And I'm like, well, some of that stuff works. Some of it doesn't. For me, the the timer doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But um, I know I don't like being on social media all the time. I really, really don't. So I struggle because I have to be on it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's like if I didn't have a business, I would have nothing to do with it. I honestly could go without but that's the only reason why I stay on it mm-hmm. because it drains all the energy. I'm like, there's so many other things I can do. And you are, like, <laughs> there was your more hours right there. Yep. Yep. So now exactly it's making right. that shift of, okay, when can I do this? When can I do that? Yes. So are you working on that right now then? Yes. Uh, big time trying to do that. Um, the, the screen time thing is tough because similarly I use it for my podcast a lot. Like that's, a huge it's a huge thing and it's very easy to kind of slip out of hey i'm working on something to like hey i'm now just scrolling um so i'm exploring that working on that uh the biggest thing for me has been putting my phone somewhere where i just i can't reach it and it sounds dumb like it sounds like oh that's not gonna work but if there's like the psychological barrier of i have to stand up and walk even if it's just to the other side of the room to pick it up you're not gonna do the the reflex just pull it out and pop up an instagram like that's just you kind of eliminate that, that. is that's true a lot honestly yeah, huge mind. challenge it's one of those things it's like i think we're all more addicted to it than we want to believe or admit even to ourselves and that you know i think that thing carries true in a lot of these things that we've, we've been talking about like to make a change or to to say i'm going to do something better there's almost there almost has to be this like admission that we're not we're not doing the best that we can do now and we haven't been for a period of time in the past. So it's that you have to get to that line and you got to be able to not make excuses to keep making the 
mistake, but give yourself grace to forgive yourself for maybe what you haven't done well in the past and fix it moving forward. Because like I said before, same thing applies. Ignorance isn't bliss. Ignorance is ignorance is maybe not being the best parent or best spouse that you could be. I would agree with that because it's one of the hardest things to to really deal with is being a better parent, being a better spouse. Because I was even looking at my husband last night. I'm like, you know, he, he gets my clothes ready the, before I go to bed at night. Um, mm-hmm. He has my clothes ready for the next day. He has my coffee ready when, so I can go out the door. He has like all the stuff done. And I'm like, you know, I'm so lucky to have you. I mean, like, I don't know how many husbands would allow their wives to hypnotize them online either. You know, like what mine did. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm like thinking of all these things. I'm like, I got the best damn husband that's alive. Because he's he's doing so much, and I'm sitting here like, why aren't you cleaning? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, wow, he's doing X, Y, Z. And so I had to stop myself, even in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge point too. Like you say, you saying that to him is like, I know that's like you know gasoline on his fire. Like he's ready to keep doing it for you and going to bat for you every day. Like I I promise you that like just five seconds of just having the thought, expressing that to him. That doesn't just change that moment for him. You know that propels him moving forward too. And that's a that's a huge point too. Just not taking our spouses for granted because as parents we know there's a lot going on. And sometimes we I'm guilty of this. I just assume that my wife's fine. Like she's a superhero. Like she's fine. Like I know that. And but the reality is, like I was saying before, she's my top priority. I gotta be pouring it back into that because it's you know that's. So I just I just wanted to comment on that because I, I think that's such a huge point of not taking our spouses for granted and, and hand raised them. Very guilty of that at times. Well, yeah, that's where I was at. And I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> that's like for the longest time I've had people say, Well, you you're doing all this, you know, for the business. And I'm like, well, I'm like, and I kept telling him, I'm like, you have the most important part. I'm like, if it wasn't for you watching the kids and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't for him doing my coffee and you know, stuff like that for me. I'm like, do you honestly think I'd be doing this? No. I'm like, it's it's a give and take. And it's just trying to find that balance. But I'm glad that you mentioned that um, for what I was telling him, you know, being thankful that he's doing that because he's not the best at saying, well, thank you, you know, but I'm sure that's one of the the man pride part of it is we don't <laughs> want to admit, but yeah. <laughs> No doubt about it. Yeah, that's not expressing emotion isn't something we're always naturally great at, but we can always work to be better at it for sure. That is true. So I I appreciate that because it's like I sometimes wonder like if, like you said, when we get so busy with the kids Mm -hmm. and then we forget about our spouse and it's like, what about them? And I think that's why, see, I'm trying to avoid the 20 year, the 25 year divorce because when Mm -hmm. the kids leave the home, that's when the divorces happen or when they hit teenage years because they fall out of love with each other yep. because they forgot that they needed to spend time with each other. Like, yep. why did they get married? And another, there's a huge point of accountability in that too. So like, not just like mm-hmm. him hoping that you will say something to him, but like if he, or, or you were saying your husband's not great at maybe expressing that when sometimes you may need yes. a little bit more of like a pat on the back, a little validation, like it's, that's okay. But the accountability, I would say, for you is to tell him that. Like, I think that's a huge mistake that I know I've made it in my marriage. I see other people make it all the time. We expect the other person to know exactly how we're feeling and what we need. 
But oh yes, and, I do that all the like, time. We <laughs> have we have to let them know. And again, hand raised. I have been the worst about this. And if I hadn't started my podcast, I don't know that I ever would have learned it because that's been taught to me pretty recently. But that little change, that's like a one degree shift that can make a monumental change. I agree. I went to a family life event in November 2021 and because my husband wanted us to go. So we went and it was not like the best time in our marriage just because I'm like, well, I want you to actually show that you want our marriage to continue. Mm-hmm. So when we went there, not only like I already knew that he wasn't like me because obviously we're two different people, mm-hmm. two different households, you know, that we grew up in. But it's like even at that point, there was a lady asked, well, what do you want him to help you with in the business? And the fact that I could not give her an answer and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, if I can't give her an answer and I can't give my husband an answer, how is he supposed to know what he's supposed to do? Because I don't know what he's supposed to do. So then when I started asking him, can you help me make sure that I get my five phone calls done? Can you help me make sure that I'm doing this and doing that? He's been holding me to it. And I'm like, what? There you go. There you go. It's that simple. (laughs) Yeah. Now if we could just work on the cleaning, we'd be doing good. (laughs) Oh yeah. I I get, I get a drop for that all the time. I'm terrible. Well, well, with all the kids and everything, it's like I said, they're, they're playing tornado, and it's like we don't need you to put, pre- pretend like you're playing tornado. You are yeah. the tornado. Okay? You are the tornado. That's exactly right. Yes. Um, one I last thing, it. I'll drop right there what you were just saying about um, just talking about communicating what we do need. I will recommend the book, The Five Love Languages. That's something that's made a big um, difference for us. Like I know now, like my wife's primary love language is acts of service. And like, I kind of always knew that, but just didn't always express love that way. And mine's words of affirmation for sure. Um, and we've like, I read the book and I was like, Hey, I know this is your love language. Now this, this is helpful. This is my love language. Can, you know, can we try to adjust how we're handling things? And it makes a tremendous difference. Um, it's, it's one of those books you read it and you're like, surely that can't make that big of a difference, but it does. I will keep that in mind because we have the book. He hasn't read it yet, but it's like, I already know like his is acts of service mm-hmm. and mine is quality time. Like I'd rather spend time than anything else. Mm-hmm. But then it's like when you were talking earlier about how you're using work as an outlet for your stress. And then I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And it doesn't <laughs> feel so good. So I'm like, okay, now I got to look at my schedule and say, Hey, I got to cut it down to what feels better for me mm-hmm. and take care of me because there's a lot of things to do with parenting and then our spouse and then work and everything else. It's just, gets overwhelming. So what do you feel is important for dads to know about raising their kids to be productive members in society? That's a great question. And I think it's a question that doesn't get asked enough or considered enough. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing is, um, I think some guys try to hold on to like the traditional gender roles a little bit of like, I'm going to go to work and work's the most important thing in the world. And if I say I'm at work, I'm at work. Don't bother me. Like I'm gone. And then if yeah. that leaves a lot of burden on mom at home. And if it's flipped, same, same idea. I think taking ownership in the role that a dad has to play. Like if you are not, this is the way I think about it. If I'm not with my kids, like my kids are young, right? They're never by themselves. If I'm not with my kids, then someone else is raising them. At every point in time, whether hopefully a lot of the time that's my wife, whether it's my 
my parents, my in-laws, their their school teachers, their television, whatever it is, if you are not with them as a parent, someone else is teaching them. That's a good thing in a lot of ways. But if there are things that you want your kids to know, like if there are things that you think are the most important and there's a lot, there's a lot of things that we all think are important, right? Like we have to take ownership of, um, of teaching them that. So I think we have to break away from like, it's like, we think of um, like before I was saying, Hey, these are my priorities. It's my faith, my marriage, my, my kids, and then everything else. But like the default of what I give time to before was completely flipped upside down. So it was always, default work most important and then all these things kind of just slipped to the bottom but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way so I, I think the most important thing is for dads to realize like if raising your kids is the most important thing to you like treat it like it is like treat it like it's the most important thing in the world like think about all the time like as as professionals we spend working on our job as like people who enjoy different hobbies like guys just think stereotypically how much time and money we spend playing golf or playing pool or whatever, whatever our hobby yeah. is, like we treat it like we're going to go pro, even though we're none of us are making the PGA Tour. We would have already if we were going to. <clears throat> but then you think about how much time we give to becoming a better husband, becoming a better father. And a lot of times that's literally like zero percent. We're just kind of winging it and hoping that we get through it. So like we're not babysitting our kids. We're raised. You have to raise your kids. And that's an intentional action that we just have to step up and take control of that. And then, you know, I, like I said, I think it's just, it's really just taking ownership of that and, and recognizing that it like that, that it's not a burden. It's a blessing to get to raise your kids and taking, taking ownership of that is that, that mindset shift. I think everything else that's important um, is really going to trickle down from, from that one switch right there. I would agree with you. Awesome. extremely helpful especially for all of our listeners and our viewers to really get that point driven that you'd be intentional you really do you got to be intentional with your marriage you got to be intentional with your children you just got to be intentional with what kind of life you want to have you want to have the life of where you complain and die miserable like so many people already do Mm -hmm. or do you want to take and actually have the life that you know that you're capable of having Yep, no doubt. And I I think the opposite is true. You know, I, I was just kind of speaking to, to I guess, men in general. That's just kind of what I default to. That's the audience yeah. I usually speak to. But, you know, if you are the stay-at-home parent and, and you're at home primarily with the kids, I would give you the exact same advice. Like, treat that like a job and, at the, and, and take pride in it like that's a job as well. My least favorite phrase in the entire world and like, I'm not a violent person, but this makes me want to smack people. I'm like, when people say, like you hear overhear someone say, just a stay-at-home mom. That drives me nuts. I lose it. I lose it. Because I say to those people, have you ever spent more than two hours with a child? And then <laughs> we think about that. Me. Like, if you're not the stay-at-home parent, I encourage you, and I've talked about this on my show, I encourage you to watch your kids for a long weekend. Send your send your wife to go spend some time with with her friends or whatever it is. You take the kids for three days, two, three days. You be in charge of getting them up, keeping them alive. One, just like that alone is a miracle if you can do it. Keeping them fed, keeping them dressed, keeping them entertained, realizing all the things that go into the day. Like that's there's so much and that's so psychologically and emotionally draining. Having done it myself, I, I, I kind of had to put myself in that vantage point. So I know how hard that can be. Like if you are the if you are the parent that's at home, take pride in that role. 
And then, you know, to your point before, like you also have to take care of yourself to recognize, like raise your hand and, and like, hey, I got to go for a walk. Hey, I need to go walk in circles at Target. Whatever it is, like getting away from it sometimes can, you know, we come back a little bit refreshed and could be better parents. But I, I've seen people be, I think, be afraid or timid almost to raise their hand as a full time parent and say, hey, I'm tired but I shouldn't be tired because my spouse is out working and I'm just the stay at home parent. So that's a switch you have to make in your own mind. You are not just a stay at home parent. That is a load of BS. Like you are the hero right now. Like if you were watching the kids, you are the one doing the most important thing. And that is in, like I was speaking before that you are the one raising your kids and that's the most important thing. So take pride in that role and treat it, you know, treat it like the job that it is. Exactly. Because uh, there's days you've got to be the judge, the jury. You got to be like, oh yeah, you got to be the lawyer. You got to be like all these different roles into one. Oh, yeah. And then you got to be the maid. You got to be the chauffeur and everything else. And I'm just like, I even did that on my own podcast just by myself. I'm like, if you were saying you're just a stay-at-home mom, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you are not. You are so much more than that. Because you're I'm a superhero. So, you well, know, yeah, you got to be. Because you got to do so much for your kids and then they're expecting you to teach them. And that's one thing that we're going to start doing. Um, I've already was doing some homeschooling, but now we're adding that to the mix of everything. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I got to figure it out with my schedule, but yeah. I am going to find a way to make it work because that's important for me. Mm -hmm. Because my kids learn the best from me. And then I get all the other people to say, well, they do better in school and this and that. I'm like, but no, I understand the concept. But I want my kids to think for themselves. I want my kids mm -hmm. to take and interact with other people. Yes. Mm -hmm. But they've got a lot of siblings. So I'm like, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, yeah. I got like a lot. I got um, five kids total. And I've got another one on the way. So it's like, a, I don't know if it's like a baseball team or some. Some people say, tell me what kind of team I'm going for. I'm I think like, you got a basketball team there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's basketball one. Okay. Thank you. That helps. <laughs> see, I don't watch sports. I like to play them. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, I have appreciated so much of, of the different information, especially, like I said, from the dad side, because I'm, I just know the mom side of it. Yeah. yeah so no, it's, I it's, really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Uh, flattered to be able to come on and, and speak to you and, um, you know, get to know a little bit about what you do and, and speak to your audience. This is, you know, this is awesome. This has been a lot of fun. So I highly recommend for everyone to take and tune into Dad the Man podcast that Brendan Wall hosts because I, like I said, I listen to some of them and I listen to podcasts off and on, but I don't listen to the whole thing. But his podcast, I have. So Dad the Man is the podcast to go to if you are listening to it at all, or if you haven't, get on it and start watching it and start tuning into it. So thank you for your time, Brendan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Robin. Uh, thanks for shouting out the show. It's been a fun little project that I, you know, I told the story at the beginning, but you know, just started it this fall, and I've been super fortunate to get to speak to some really cool people. And um, so we put out one episode a week. It's every Tuesday. Um, but yeah, Dad the Man, you can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I, I think at this point, I think it's on everything. Um, but for sure, the, for sure, the bigger players at least. But yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me on. It's been an awesome conversation. Thank you. Bye. Bye.